All right. Hello. Welcome back to the Secrets to Healthy Relationships Summit. Learn to reduce conflict, reconnect, and confidently have the love you desire and deserve. I'm here with my next speaker, Muffy Bradshaw. Bradshaw, thank you for joining us. Yes. So good to be here, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Muffy is the founder of Muffy Bradshaw Coaching and Consulting. Um, she's a certified relationship coach with an extensive professional and educational background in education and mental health um, spanning over 16 years. She specializes in teaching people how to strategize dating and create healthy relationships. And we're all about relationships here today, right, Muffy? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I have to get used to unmuting myself. I was okay. unmuted. <laughs> Stay unmuted, please. Yes, um, noted. <laughs> prior to establishing her coaching business, um, she began her career as a relationship blogger in 2012. Um, she received awards, um, a relationship, up and coming relationship blogger award um, from Women's Former Magazine. Um, as her career progressed, um, she was featured on the Steve Harvey talk show in 2016 um, and continued to give advice to people around the world through blog posts in an Axe Muffy corner. Um, in addition to the blog, she has a self-titled podcast that focuses on dating, personal relationship experiences, and the importance of taking accountability in order to make better relationship choices. Um, throughout her career, she's helped many people with dating and relationships um, through her blog, podcast, and coaching. And her mission has always been to show people how to create healthy relationships by taking action. All right. Thanks so much, Muffy, for joining us again. Yes, it is my pleasure to be here, Tiffany. And I am so excited. Dating and relationships, it's my favorite thing to talk about. So I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Right. And we all want healthier relationships, right? Like who wants a healthier relationship? Right? Oh my God. Yes. I, I mean, you know, healthy relationships, it, it's so important. And I think you're right. All of us want healthy relationships. I think sometimes we get tripped up on how to get them. And, you know, we are imperfect beings who want to be in relationships. So it's natural for things to occur that can prevent us from getting the relationships we want for sure. Mm hmm. And, you know, just thinking about, like you said, that like how to, right? Because we can yes. have knowledge and we can, you know, look up, we can Google, right? Yes. We can, Google things. We can yes. you know, do different things to get this information. And sometimes we have it and it can be like overwhelming because yes. it's so much. Um, I think that's why it's important for people, be it coaches, therapists, you know, as we go through the forum, just helping people maneuver those because we can know the information. But what do you do with that information? How do you take action with it? Yeah. Yes. And I, I find that so, that is the more difficult part about creating change in your relationships, the action piece, um, because it can be daunting. Google is amazing. It is amazing. I am an information seeker, but the action is really where it matters and where we really start to see change. Okay. And I know you talk a lot about like the six steps to smarter dating and healthier relationships. Yes, I do. I do. And, you know, I have this is a framework that I use for my clients who are dating and clients who are in newer relationships 
who are trying to find their footing. And one thing I'm really big on, Tiffany, is looking inward. Um, I think it's very natural for sometimes for us to look outward and look at the things that may not be working or looking at the things that our partners may not be doing. But change really, really does start with us. And with my six work, my six steps to better dating, there is an easier way to look inward. And it's a very, very pointed framework that I use with my clients. So I, I find it very helpful. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that. What are some of sure. these and how can we work towards, you know, better understanding ourselves to have healthier relationships? Yes, yes. So, you know, I talk about this a lot. And the, the very thing that I think is one of the most important first steps is to really think about your core values and you know that is surprisingly a question that a lot of us have a hard time answering because it takes a lot of reflection right we need to think about what really matters to us what drives you what's important to you and what gives you a sense of belonging and once you have a solid understanding of what those core values are it makes it easier for you to figure out what your needs are. Um, so some examples of core values could be centered around effective communication. You know, what makes you feel trust? What creates safety? Um, even something like continuous self-improvement. If that is a core value to you, that means that you are going to look for similar values in someone that you're dating. And remember, core values don't necessarily mean that you are identical, but you do want to have similar foundation. Okay. Nice. All right. So those core values, right? That's what matters. Like you said, just making sure and making sure we understand those values, right? Because like you said, on the one hand, one person can have that value and the other person doesn't. Mm -hmm. How do we come to understand that within a relationship? Right, right. And you know, the thing with core values, that's not something that you're necessarily going to find out on a first date. A lot of times they may come up conversationally, but what I really encourage everyone to do, even, even in relationship, you really want to have pointed conversations about core values. Core values may change depending on the season that you're in in your life, depending on how much self-work you're doing. So it's really important to have those conversations. And, you know, core values also matter when it comes to relationship vision and how you envision your relationship. It really is a central point in understanding how to proceed. Mm -hmm, definitely. And especially as we think of our ever-changing world and how dating mm. has changed. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> sure you, Justina, you probably could speak to that after we go through your core values. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. That is something else that I love to talk about too. But yes. Yeah, so for, for our listeners, um, a couple of more things that I do want to touch on with core values um, and be careful because, you know, Tiffany, I don't know if this is something that you see with your clients. We do want to be careful with the negative core values and some of those um, things that we think are healthy core values that may be hindering us from really, really diving deep and creating the healthy relationships you want, especially if you've had experiences in the past that were hurtful and that have shaped some relationship visions that you may have. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And sometimes it can be like, oh, this is who I am. Mm. Like, this is, you know, um, you accept me as I am, not recognizing that it's a negative value yeah. or you know, impact in a relationship, but thinking that it's the person not accepting them. 
Yes. Oh, that's so good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where the self-reflection comes in. This is all about self-reflection and really thinking about um, what makes you. And maybe even, Tiffany, like you said, some things that you may need to change that may have not been apparent at first. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I know we only have 30 minutes. I get long winded. So let's go. We have a little bit longer. We have a few more if we go over. So okay. we wait till, till one o'clock. So. Oh, perfect. Okay. Cause I, I get a little long winded. Okay. <laughs> and so, all right. So let's go to the next. And you, you know, I do want to also mention these are not necessarily steps that you have to do in order because this framework is something that you should refer to often. Um, things may need to be revisited. So don't think that, you know, this is something that needs to be done um, in order necessarily. So the next thing that we're going to go over green flags. I know that we've all heard of red flags and maybe even yellow flags. Um, but green flags, I mean, it's just a cute way to say, hey, what makes me compatible? And remember, like the core values, they do drive a lot of this. So you you really want to have a solid understanding of that. Okay. So with green flags, you really want to think about what makes this person a go. Think of ways that you're compatible. And something to note is that compatibility doesn't mean that you like all of the same things. You can have differences. But think about the similarities that will drive you to maybe become a better couple, that may drive you to be a better person. And also on a smaller scale, you know, do you all have some of the same hobbies, things like that? That is very, very important. And a lot of my clients, when they're in the dating stage or even early relationship phase, a lot of times they will allow that honeymoon phase to distract them from what a true green flag is, what true compatibility is. We have to take into account that chemistry, it happens, you know, especially if we're meeting someone new in that honeymoon phase. I like to say this all the time with the dopamine, a little sprinkle of serotonin is in there. Everything is heightened and it really can distract us from the reality of the person. So this is a huge thing that we work through because it's tricky. It can be very tricky. So true. And even as you were saying that, like thinking of the honeymoon phase, right? Like a lot of couples think that they're supposed to remain in that phase. And if they're not in that phase, that means that we shouldn't be together. Yes. Yes. Or in love with the idea of being in love. So being so caught up <laughs> yes. in the piece of, oh, I'm in love and oh, this is the feeling, you know, but they're in love with the idea of being in love instead of actually recognizing, like you said, what what makes us compatible. You yes. Know, in those core values. So definitely. Good. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what, Tiffany, that's so funny because, you know, it's, we, I mean, it is a real thing, like dopamine and, and having that heightened dopamine in the honeymoon phase, we, we tend to want to chase that again. Like you said, it dies down and we're <laughs> like, oh my God, the relationship is doomed. Who is this person? This doesn't feel mm -hmm. the same. And it shouldn't feel the same because now things have settled and, you know, the real work starts. That is when the real work starts. And, you know, it's also it's also interesting because it, we have to be super vigilant in the beginning um, because this is where I think a lot of us get distracted um, and a lot of us may miss certain things that we should have seen at the beginning that we don't. So it's there is a silver lining of the dopamine fading and there's also some things to be cautious with. So, 
Okay, so let's go on to some of the, the other things that we need to think about to make sure that we are dating smart and, and being in creating healthy relationships. So the next thing, you know, you want to look at your red flags. We've heard this. We've probably seen it all over social media, and these are so important. Um, red flags, deal breakers, call them what you want. They are not good. And we need to understand that red flags are not contingent on anything. They are meaning, hey, this is something that is not something I'm going to tolerate. They are not maybes. And I think a lot of times when we look at red flags, we're like, oh my goodness, am I, or at least I see this with my clients, am I um, being too picky? Am I overthinking this? But remember, Again, I sound like a broken record, but if you if you refer to your core values and you have a solid understanding of that, trust yourself enough to know that when a red flag shows up, it's a red flag. Mm -hmm. mm, and that one's good because we oversee those red flags. How often <laughs> are we like, you know, it's like, why is this happening? It's like, wait, did that happen early on? You know, <laughs> like you see it, but you didn't want to see it. So you didn't see it, you know, in a sense. Um, and even with deal breakers, I recall, um, I'm married now, but you know, prior to that, like before we, my husband and I started dating, yeah. I have a list and I still have it to today of my negotiables <laughs> and non-negotiables. Yes. And you know, it's a crinkled up paper now, but every so often <laughs> I'm looking through stuff and I'll find it and I laugh because I'm like, you know, early yeah. on, I'm like, nope, like non-negotiable, I'm not budging on certain things, you know, and kind of holding that as a value for me of things yeah. that I can't move from and yeah. refuse despite what you know what feeling i may have if it's something that i feel is really opposed to what i believe so yes yes that's awesome i love that you still have that list i love it i think that's <laughs> awesome oh my gosh but yeah that's so true and you know this once we're solid on these things it kind of recenters us because it is very easy for us to get distracted and get caught up in a new relationship it's, it's very easy for us to get caught up in the person and how the person makes you feel but again we, we need to always use this as a centering piece so we can of course date smarter and build healthy relationships and if you've done the work enough or if you're well let me not say done the work enough because we always should be doing the work that never stops. It never, ever stops. It should never stop. But once we get used to doing the work, we trust ourselves more. Tiffany, like you were saying, to say, hey, like, no, this is a deal. Like, I'm not negotiating on this. This is not it for me. Mm -hmm. um, now, this is debatable, but, you know, a red flag should not be, oh, my God, this person's only 5'10". I want someone who's six one. Okay, those are ones, but those are not those are not necessarily red flags. Red flags are more things like um, maybe uh, lack of motivation or someone who does not have the same vision for finances as you do. Stance on children. Those are things that are just non-negotiable. Um, and you know, I see this a lot with a lot of my clients. If red flags are ignored. What happens? You, you start to change, try to change the person, or you may start to rely on potential. And that is a serious gamble with very little reward. We, we really want to be careful about banking solely on someone's potential. Okay, so true. Red flags, right? And even at 510, like you said, as far as like, even in thinking about, you know, dating, and it's like, if that person was maybe six foot, but 
I don't want to go over five ten. And it's like, see, well, this went wrong because you know of their height <laughs> instead of like there was so much more there, but you missed all that and just focused yeah. in on something that wasn't as relevant as those core values, you know, as well. Yes, yes, so true, <laughs> so true. And so the next thing that I think is really important to uh, focus on creating and building healthy relationships, distinguishing needs from wants. And this kind of ties into what we were just talking about, Tiffany, with just, you know, really being able to distinguish what's what really matters. And needs are, again, another way of saying, hey, this is non-negotiable. I need this from you as my partner, or I need this in a partner if you're just in a dating or a casual relationship and you're looking for something serious. And that could be anything from empathy, uh, making sure that this person is loving you in your specific love language. I do want to note with love languages, they are awesome and amazing. And I love Gary Chapman. So please continue to focus on that. There are also other things to incorporate aside from love languages as well. But, you know, I think a need is something to look for as far as love languages and even apology languages that Gary Chapman has um, done a lot of research on. Uh, affection and autonomy. How that looks for you in relationship, how all of these things look for you in relationships, that would be categorized as a need. Something that can you cannot, well, you can. You'll be okay if you don't get it. You just leave the relationship or take an action. But if this is something that is not showing up in your relationship, then maybe some things need to be reconsidered. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as wants, this is where the height comes in. This is my favorite example because <laughs> I hear this a lot. So wants are not saying you cannot get what you want. Definitely not saying that. But wants tend to be more negotiable. So if you're if you are used to dating someone or being in relationship with someone with certain physical features that you like, okay, so maybe this person doesn't have that. Mm, can that be negotiated? Can you get past that? A lot of times it's a yes if other things are there. Um, And depending on what your core values are around uh, finances and income, income is also could also be a want, um, depending on the circumstance. So we really need to be able to distinguish uh, what that means for us. Remember, these are just examples. Everyone is different, but we want to be able to not hinder um, a a healthy relationship based on confusing those two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good, so good. Needs and wants. To reference the love languages, I usually start with the love languages yeah. oftentimes. Um, and even thinking about usually things that people, I notice that people want, like the love languages that have the highest levels, those are usually the things that they didn't get in childhood, mm. like early on. So, and sometimes they don't even know that that's what they want. Mm-hmm. or need rather until they start going through it. And it's like, oh, I didn't even think that, you know, that was important to me. Yeah. Yeah. But as you look back in background history, those are some deficits that they didn't receive like in childhood. Mm-hmm. So I do find that interesting in that. Yes. You know, yes. That. But yes, needs and wants. Yes. Needs and wants. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, Tiffany, like with love languages, I love the love languages <laughs> and uh, for our audience, you know, I it's and I think I'm sure everyone has probably seen the quiz. Google it. Um, it's free. Uh, you can just Google that. And you know, something else that I note with a lot of my clients is that your love languages can change over time depending on you know the season of your relationship. 
something that um, just I, it, as life changes, you change. So we do want to revisit love languages every now and then um, and just be, be careful, not careful, but be cautious about, you know, why it may be changing or maybe you're preferring a certain type of love, love language over the other. You know, so in that and it's natural for them to change from time to time, depending on the season um, of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Very true, very true. And apology languages, Tiffany, I'm not sure if a lot of us have done that quiz, but that's also amazing. Mm -hmm. um, it's it, it just the breakdown of how you want someone to apologize, whether mm -hmm. it's restitution, taking accountability. I tend to uh, teeter between two of them. Um, so that's <laughs> also something to consider definitely to consider and for my people who are in the dating season these are good to know these are good to know even if you don't have a partner this is all about self-work and reflection and setting yourself up to be in an effective healthy relationship because we can control how we grow and once we have that and we we have that down pat and we're working on the things that we are working on it, it helps us vet who is potentially for us and people who are not for us as far as a partner. So, okay. So I think we've done, so we did relationships. So let's talk about boundaries. <laughs> I'm sure you hear this a lot, Tiffany, with your clients as well. Oh my gosh. It's such an awesome buzzword um, as it should be. It should be a buzzword because boundaries are so important. Um, and boundaries are, so I have a lot to say. So I'm going to just slow down a little bit because I want to make sure that I am getting all of my points in with boundaries. So boundaries <laughs> Thank you. So boundaries help us with self-accountability um, and dating. And healthy boundaries help us maintain our needs. And a lot of things that we need to make sure we have a solid understanding of when it comes to our boundaries are again our core values and our needs those are the foundation to really creating effective boundaries and remember one thing that i think is really important to note is that in dating and relationships boundaries should never be used to control boundaries are for us and if you use them to control in your dating relationships it will never end up in your favor, meaning it could cause resentment. And, you know, if you force change on someone, it may work for a little bit, but it usually resurfaces eventually. So just keep that in mind that boundaries are for us. And when used effectively, they give us a guide on how to proceed with others. Um, so a couple of things when you create your boundaries, all of these steps in the framework, you have to really be solid on. And if if you have a good understanding and you're reflecting continuously on the things that we've talked about, your boundaries should come more naturally. If you're in the dating phase and you're, you're reflecting on your red flags, your green flags, your core values, your needs, you can derive your boundaries from there. Um, in relationships, boundaries and even in dating boundaries are fluid they they change depending on the situation depending on the amount of self-work that you've done or that you know the new revelations you may have had about self it all depends on what season you're in 
Yeah, so good, so good. And something important about boundaries, as you're kind of saying that, right? Um, and we spoke about with Dr. Murray um, prior to you, was like just being flexible. Yes. Our ability to be flexible instead of saying, nope, this is it and nothing mm -hmm. else and not budging unless it's something that's, you know, really important and, you know, of high value, but mm -hmm. um, the ability to be flexible and even thinking about, like you said, just setting boundaries with others and even like boundaries with ourselves. Like, do we show up for us? Like we want to show up for someone else, especially in dating. And we're used to doing that, right? Showing up for others. I think mm -hmm. that is like, how much do we show up for ourselves and what boundaries do we even have for us? Right. Um, you know, with respect to, like you said, core values and what we value and things within ourselves is also important. Yes, yes, it, it is so important. And I, I, I love that the previous speaker um, referenced, you know, you don't want them to be ooh, too rigid. You don't want to get too stuck on this is it. This is a hard line, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that is that is also something to definitely, definitely be careful of doing because we don't want to prevent ourselves from creating and building healthy relationships. And I think that the more that we reflect on the foundations to create better boundaries and the more self-work that we do, the easier we can get a hold of what our true boundaries are in creating effective boundaries. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's an awesome point, Tiffany, that you made. And once we, you know, boundaries, I feel like a lot of times is one of the first steps to setting boundaries is literally setting your boundary, thinking about what your boundary is, verbalizing your boundary. And, you know, after that, it's taking action. Um, you know, what is it going to look like if this boundary has been violated? What is it going to look like when this boundary has been honored? And, you know, a tough pill to swallow for a lot of us is that, you know, we can't enforce our boundaries. We can make a choice um, to, you know, if it's a relationship, maybe to have a conversation with our partner if a boundary is violated. If it continues to be violated, then, you know, maybe we need to have some more conversation, maybe, you know, involve a professional. But there needs to be some type of action when boundaries are continuously being dishonored. <clears throat> and you can't put that on your partner. It's up to you to say, hey, you know what? I'm not okay with this. So this means this is the action that I have to take, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. So true action, right? Because even in thinking about the information that, you know, we're providing today, it's like knowledge is power as yes. we you know, kind of went through, but it's like, how do we implement those things? Like, because we can have all the knowledge in the world and still stay stuck. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, Tiffany, at the beginning and just now, we, we have information at our fingertips, right? Probably all of the answers that we need are technically a Google away. But, you know, it, it's in the action is where the change happens. And it's in reflection where we get a true sense of how to proceed. And that's the beautiful thing. That is the beautiful thing about self-work is that we don't need a partner to figure ourselves out. That's a beautiful thing. And, you know, in relationship or out of relationship, this type of self-work can always be done. Yeah, that was good, right? Like we don't need someone else to kind of validate who we are. We have to learn how to validate ourselves and to be in that um, and then allow our partner to complement that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, 
it's a you know dating dating and relationships are so special and i think that the more that we focus inward the better our relationships will be absolutely mm -hmm. awesome so let me ask what are some you know if we think of we've been thinking about as we've gone through speakers you know just daily rituals or things we can do every day to be at check-in with ourselves and or our relationships just to try to you know have a healthy start um Ooh. are there any that you recommend that you know when people are maneuvering you know dating be it in the inner work and or the relationship work yes okay so <clears throat> excuse me so this is my favorite thing to suggest for people who are just getting started journal journal journaling is so important it, it literally takes either if you're old school a pen and paper or if you're more into technology pull out your notes on your phone and really start journaling even if you have no idea what to say literally pick up a pen you will find something to write down on paper and the reason that journaling is so important is because you can use that as a source to look at your patterns because it is so difficult for us to analyze ourselves. Every coach has a coach, every therapist has a therapist because we, you know, we need that outside source, right? But at the same time, when you journal, it kind of gives you an inside look at how your brain is thinking, how your brain processes, how your brain handles um, being in relationship, <clears throat> conflict. So it's a really good start to see what your patterns are, what your good patterns are, what the patterns are you may want to change. And the more that you do it, the more effective you'll be. It'll start to come together very cohesively to where you could see some of the things that you would like to continue to do in your relationships in life in general and in your, in your inner work journey. Journaling for sure is the first step that I would suggest. Okay. Can I do another one? Can I can I say one sure, more thing about yes. that? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. And <clears throat> excuse me. And another thing that I would suggest for newbies and even vets who are really into the self-work journey, you you really want to have a solid understanding that everything starts with you. And the the main thing that I think you should truly, truly focus on if this is your first step towards better relationships, really think about, again, your core values, because I can't say it enough, because this literally drives a lot of the decisions you make, <clears throat> a lot of the decisions you make, and it'll really help you distinguish and vet people who should be in your life and shouldn't be in your life. And if you have a solid understanding of that, everything else will start to fall into place. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yes, definitely. Journaling is great. You know, I like to tell people like, start writing down what you think. So before you even try to say it, at least know it and understand it for yourselves, because we get into this place of, you know, just talking at each other, right? And not with each other and not really checking in on what those things that are important. So the message gets lost. Yeah. Absolutely. So thinking of how can we make sure we stay on task with what we want to say and be intentional about, yeah. you know, what are those things instead of just kind of like all these thoughts clouding mm -hmm. our, our minds. 
Yes, yes, that's so true. And I think that we learn to trust ourselves more when when we journal and when we're intentional, because I think a lot of times second guessing shows up if we're not quite sure about our decisions or if we don't have a solid understanding of how we would like to move forward or what our needs are. And I think the more that you build trust with self, the better the better you can move forward. So it, it really is all interconnected, Tiffany. All of this is just, it's all connected. It really truly is. Right. It's like I like to say a Thanksgiving plate, but we're not putting <laughs> all of it on top of each other. We're separating it, right? <laughs> I love that analogy. I haven't heard of that. Like, you know, that. that's what it is. Let's kind of separate everything, you know, have some space, and then we can kind of approach, you know, and address each area, you know, as needed. Yes, so, yes. Great. Yes, Matthew. Thank you. And what what free gift do you have for? for our audience who are watching now and catch us on a replay. Yes, hello audience, we're so glad to have you. So I have a workbook for each and every one of you. It is how to create the relationships you want by creating better boundaries. And it is a it is a six step framework to show you step-by-step step on how to create boundaries and create healthier relationships. So that is my free gift to you. And yeah, <laughs> great, great. So what I will do is um, I have an updated guide that I'm going to send out. And so with that guide, we'll have the replays for 24 hours. You get them as well as the links to um, all the free gifts. So you can click it to go to the link. Um, and, you know, if you are live, you can, you know, tag us at Relationships On The Go and yeah. we'll tag everyone else just to tell <laughs> us that you enjoyed or are enjoying um, the summit um, as well. Like I said, you can catch the replays if not. And if you are on the replays, you can also still tag after you watch it um, as well. But thank you so much, Muffy. Anything else you want to add? No. Um, let's see. Um, I would say the, the last thing that I will add, one quick sentence is to remember to take action. Just takes one step, just one step. And I'll leave on that. <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. Be in action. No, definitely. Instead of just talking about it. One thing I'm going to ask you before we wrap up, what are you seeing or what are some of the trends in mm. our current dating scene and, <laughs> you know, um, why the work is so needed, you know, oh, yeah. so now than ever before. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What do you see e the trends? Yes. So I am seeing a lot of dating fatigue. Oh my goodness. People are really tired of the process of dating, especially for my clients who are online dating. And I think that this, the consensus is that it feels like their time is being wasted. Um, with technology, we are in a swiping world, right? We swipe, we have all of these options at our fingertips. And I think one of the biggest trends is of course, like I just said, the dating fatigue. And also, I, I think a lot of us right now are having a hard time looking inward because that's a tough step, right? It's hard for us. It's easy. I think it's easy for a lot of us to look at the things that are going wrong on the outside without necessarily reflecting to see what we can change within self to have a better dating experience. So those are the two things I think have been the the main trends that I've been seeing in my coaching practice for sure. For sure. 
Okay. And it's not that, I'm sorry, Tiffany, go ahead. No, no, you can go ahead. Oh, and I was saying, and it's not that people don't want relationship. It's, it's not that it's, you know, they are just very, very um, disenchanted and tired. (laughs) And someone had posted here in the chat, like social media seems to be playing such a negative role within Mm. a dating pool, you know, Mm. and thinking of, you know, conversations of younger um, single men more than yeah. females, like seeing that that um, piece of it as well. Okay. Definitely, we're not connecting face-to-face as much anymore. And, you know, we're relying on screens and, mm-hmm. you know, you can be who you want to be. You yeah. know, you don't have to be who you really are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you actually have that face-to-face um, contact mm-hmm. and really learn someone. So definitely. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. And, you know, I tell my clients all the time, we, we do have to be careful of our brain diet um, because what what we're seeing and scrolling, it could really have, you're right, it could have a negative effect on what we think dating is. And that that can be a hindrance to, to moving forward for sure. It, it is, we have to be careful of what we feed our brains. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. Yes. Well, I like to say that like positive, we have to input positive things. So even as we think of what we listen to, like mm-hmm. all those things reflect how we're reacting in the world. Yes. Right? So true. So much to, to it. So if we're watching things that are not treating, you know, relationships well, we think that, oh, well, this is how it should be. Conflict mm-hmm. all the time. Right? Yes. We're seeing yes. it, hearing it constantly. Like that's what we believe it is. It's just like mm-hmm. If you're in an environment where that's always going on, as we think of in childhood, then we tend to grow up as adults thinking that this is normal. Mm-hmm. That's no, so true. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's well, so thank true. you that's so, so much, true. Muffy. This has been awesome. Um, I thank think, you. Yes. Yeah, so like <laughs> I said, the replays will be available for 24 hours. You can catch Muffy on the replays um, if you're not here now. And I will... See you next time, Muffy. Thanks so much. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Tiffany. And I had a great time and we will talk soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks for having me. Okay.